Welcome to Books, Kids, and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature people who inspire and uplift future generations with their work. And today I have the privilege of speaking with Kyla Rivera. She is the author of uh, the Cece Rios series, which is now, you just put out book two, and um, the, the book series is so cool. People have described it as Coco meets Pokemon and it's just fantastic so thank you so much for being here yes thank you so much for having me I'm really excited that the sequels just came out and it's a good time it's a good time yeah <laughs> and it's like spooky season so yeah, spooky you're all season. Into these like kind of haunting and scary stories well your your story isn't very like cringy scary but it has that like perfect level of like spook and haunt and mysticism to it and I'm so excited to dive into these questions so where did the inspiration for this series come from because it seems like there's a lot of um like uh I had to google some of the words because I'm assuming they're um are they they're not what to a lot of them. Okay. Yeah, they were foreign <laughs> to me. Like I just had never heard of some of the things in the book. So where did the inspiration come from? Well, I guess in two places, um, mainly. So world building or, or more like fantasy wise, I had been exploring this idea of like, what would it be like if people had souls on the outside of their bodies? You know, like how would that affect the way we treated each other, the way that the world worked, you know, things like that. You know, it's like, it's such a scary idea, you know, like, oh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> um, and I decided, I tried like multiple like attempts at that sort of idea with a story and none of it was really gelling. Um, and then I went and visited my abuelo, uh, my grandpa Rivera uh, down in California uh, for the first time since I was like a very small child. Uh, and so I got to meet him and talk with him. And I, he told me all kinds of stories about what it was like for him growing up in Mexico. Um, he was actually born in the United States, but he doesn't really remember it, of course, because he was taken over when he was like one into Mexico and he was like raised there for all of his formative years, you know. <laughs> um, and he's got so many amazing stories, you know, sad stories, scary stories, funny stories, you know, <laughs> yeah. about what it was like. Uh, and it was just so powerful for me getting to really connect with that side of my heritage um, and like reconnect to that side of the family through my abuelo and uh, all of that was just so powerful. And he was telling me stories um, of like, yes, you know, some of the scary stories and scary things that did happen. And I was like, bro, that's so cool yeah. in like a scary way. But <laughs> and I decided I, I just got a thirst for it later where I was like, I want to research all of these different things. So I started researching the myths and legends and things like that, putting more contextual background. I already I had already studied Mexico a little bit. Um, but I did it a little bit more thoroughly, you know, looking into Mexico is a very mestizo country. You know, most of Latin America is now, um, but that mestizo means mixed. You know, there's a lot of different influences that come together into the whole of Mexico um, for like the, the ancient background of the Aztecs and Mayans, um, although Mayans are still a tribe today uh, and they speak Nahuatl um, still. And um uh, the of course Afro uh, Afro Latinx you know when when Spain brought over slaves unfortunately <laughs> uh, and then Spain of course and then all the different kinds of native tribes that there were and are 
uh, and like all the different stories that that comes together as and the ones that they made together as well. Uh, so I just was so fascinated by all that I studied it more and more. And then one, it was like one night, I think in 2016, the very end of 2016, one month where I was like, oh, and I just suddenly thought, what if I paired that stuff with my souls on the outside idea? And then like I used, I was like, I'm going to pick out somebody on he's scary, you know, and like, <laughs> and then I just welded it together and it came together so quickly. I wrote like 10,000 words in one night because oh I was my gosh. sleeping, <laughs> I'm too excited. <laughs> Wow. Uh, so yeah <laughs> it was like that story was just begging to come out yeah. yes it's like it had been like boiling pieces of it had been boiling and simmering and then the moment they got together I was like I have to do this now <laughs> were, there, were there pieces of legends that you you really gravitated to and then put your own twist on yes definitely <laughs> yeah. I think all of them have definitely my twist on it you know <laughs> Yeah, there, um, there were so many parts where I was like, wow, what a cool concept. And I don't want to like give a, a lot of way about it. But there was, you know, one part where you the person lost part of their soul. And I think people can relate to that on so many levels where you're trying to fight for someone and you're trying to get part of that back. And I went, oh, my gosh, I wonder if there was like, um, was there like a a part of your life that created that? Yeah, well, it, it's um because of the sequel. That's like the one of the main, you know, compelling things about the sequel is one of their one of them loses part of their soul and has to go get it from Devil's Alley yeah. for the creators. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> but that uh comes mostly from uh I wanted in the first one she gets kidnapped by a creator and we have a sense that it was very hard for her when when she gets um when she gets brought back. Yeah. Um, and so the second was, I really wanted it to be sort of a parallel or a metaphor for trauma as yeah. that, like you have lost part of your soul and yeah. you need to go and get it back. And of course we all do different things to try and get those pieces of us that we feel are missing. Yeah. Uh, and half of them will only lose more of us and the other half will heal us. And it's all of us trying to figure out how, which one's which. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's mostly the the compelling part. Like that's, that's what's behind that. Um, yeah. And that does come from my day-to-day -day life in that like I have experienced trauma. I do have PTSD and I wanted that addressed in a middle grade way. <laughs> right, right. What a great way to, to put that in there without being so um, blatant about it but it's there and I think anybody can read between the lines that it's there and I thought oh what a crafty way to do that <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah I was, it was important to me that that get addressed especially because there are there are kids who are in those situations now you know at that either at Juana's age who's the character who has to go on that adventure yeah. uh, or at Cece's age the main character 12 even younger sometimes uh, and they that journey inevitably will happen at some point in their lives even if they're not searching for those lost pieces yet yeah. um, sometimes they're in the stage where they're just realizing there's a piece lost even right so I wanted I wanted that to be there for them because it's it happens to a lot more people than we expect and 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 it's always especially for the people who do have that journey to go on very often they don't realize that it's about them 
yeah. They're like, oh yeah, that's a wow, what an intense experience. And then later they're like, oh wait, actually, I know why I vibed with that so hard now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> exactly. So with this book, was there um so you said you wrote, you know, 10,000 words roughly in, in about one night. And then um was there from start to finish, I guess, how long did this second book take you to write compared to the first book? I mean, it definitely took longer. Uh, CC1 was kind of special in how long it took in that, like, I wrote almost all of it in one month. Um, I think it was actually like three weeks or something. And then for other reasons, I had to put it down and work on other stuff. Uh, and then I came back to it a few months later and I finished it in one weekend. So like altogether, it was basically a month if you total it. <laughs> yeah. Um, CC2 took longer than that. And some of that was because I was writing the sequel before, like... <laughs> before we even had a deal for the first one you know I was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I knew I wanted to do the story uh, and of course as I revised Cece and a lot of things changed about it I had to like throw away large parts of what I had been writing and be like that doesn't make sense anymore and mm -hmm. change it um, and then and I once we had CC1 basically all put together you know we had the final draft that's when I kind of returned to it again uh, and a lot of things changed about that one too as I was exploring it what do I really want from this I knew half of what I really wanted from it but I didn't know the other half <laughs> that was the journey so altogether, uh, that one probably took I mean if I'm totaling it up it probably took somewhere around four months you okay. know yeah um, so <laughs> longer um, but the revisions I don't you know it's awkward because of there were so many so many changes to it during the process which of course happens when you're writing something that the first one isn't complete yeah <laughs> isn't right. through its revisions and this is published through harper collins right right so mm -hmm. then did they also make their own edits to it after you wrote it or were they involved in the creation process um, of cc2 or one uh two uh, they were not really involved in the creation process. Um, and that's mostly because we had sold them CC1 just as CC1. Okay. Uh, and then we were using CC2 as a pitch for, you know, and I was like, all right, we're going <laughs> to please give me a sequel. And then next year, I'll convince you to give me a third one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, please. Yeah. Uh, so I put together, like my, my agent and I put together our whole submission package, um, wrote the first three chapters, got it a lot stronger than it had been. Uh, and then it wasn't totally complete at that point, but it was at like 40,000 words. So it needed like 30,000 more. It was more than halfway done anyway. It might've been slightly more than that even. So I don't know. Um, but that was part of our pitch. It's like, hey, it's almost, you know, it's pretty close to being done. And I can write pretty fast. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah that is fast. <laughs> so I was like, please. Yeah. Uh, and submitted it and then they returned with an offer for the, the second two books uh, I mean for two books and I was like oh I don't have to convince them next year for the third one yes <laughs> <laughs> so I was really glad about that because initially when we went to them with the sequel discussion I was like eh they were like what about a spin-off story and I was like mm, I don't uh, maybe in the future <laughs> But actually, I have a really solid plan for the sequel right now. So right. So, and I'm glad that that did actually win them over. And I was grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, and you've also won some awards for this book as well, or for the yeah. was it for, for the, the first, first one? Yeah, yeah. First, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sure nominated, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I could see, I mean, as I was reading it, I could totally see it as a movie. Or have you thought about like trying to pitch it as a like a screenplay or try to write it as a screenplay because you seem like a fast writer? Thank you. (laughs) Um, I we actually do have film agents, and they had had discussions with a couple studios as well as Netflix. Um, you know, there was a live action version pitched around and then there was a animated version pitched around, which honestly, I'd love either one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, oh, but nothing solid came out of them for various reasons, I guess, which everybody tells me is just sort of the way of film. So someone else told me that, I mean, I forget it was somebody I had on one of my earlier shows said, you know, because he had many successful screenplays written and he goes, well, yeah, you know, like probably out of 40, you get one. And I'm like, what? Like, how many have you written? Like, that's an incredible amount of like rejection. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess people don't really talk about that aspect of being a writer, that mm. you might create something and it might sit on the shelves for a little bit. And then that time comes when someone goes, oh, yeah, remember she had this? And then. Right, exactly. (laughs) So I am hoping that will happen with the film. Uh, I will say I wrote like 10 books before CC or CC is my 10th. I can't quite remember. So I definitely know the rejection thing. So I'm just like, hey, if it pans out, it pans out. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering about that because there is, you know, the process of you get the agent and then the agent pitches your work. So it's like a double, double pitching. Like you have to pitch and get that agent first and then you have to go do the you know pitch of the story so um with you did you pitch um how I guess how long did it take for Harper Collins to pick up the first CC Harper picked it up well it's kind of a special process with how it happened with Harper so I'll get into that in a second okay um but when <clears throat> we went out on submission and <laughs> uh, and it was six months later when we got sort of the offer from Harper uh, no, I say offer with like air quotes because we um, uh, they were like, hey, this was from a uh, an editor who was her first time becoming an acquisitions editor. She's fantastic. Stephanie Gearden. Love her. Um, and she was like, so because she doesn't have a lot of sway in the house at the time, because this is her very first project she's trying to pick up. Uh, she's like, can you make these revisions before I take it to uh the board the acquisitions board and I was like well okay my my agent was like I mean if you want we can do that I was like well okay so I did it um I don't take too long in revisions or at least I didn't at the time I think I take a little bit longer now yeah (laughs) more experienced I see more problems (laughs) 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 but the um I made the changes she took it to the acquisitions board uh and then they accepted uh, so that was like, uh, like we got the offer kind of, and then it was like two months and then it got to acquisitions and then they made an offer. Oh. Uh, and that's even funnier because um, they made an offer on it as a middle grade because it was originally a young adult novel. Oh. Uh, and they're like, so if you change it to middle grade, we'll take it. And I was like, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I ended up really loving that decision because I was like, man, I had always planned to get into middle grade, um, but I love it as more of like starting out and like my wheelhouse now. You know, I yeah, like, oh, I actually really love that. So yeah, because the age on it is like nine and up, 
Mm-hmm. And that's just the perfect age. I mean, like you really, you really nailed it as far as what you put in there. And I love that there's like, I mean, in my, my thought, I thought they were, are they spirit guide companions, the animals? Uh, they're sort okay. of like shapeshifters. They're people, okay. but they also shapeshift into animals or the animal creators are anyway. There's also dark creators and they're sort of like the more ghoulish ones from legends like La Llorona. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. I I I loved it because like I don't know, you just described them in such fantastic ways, and I was like, oh my gosh, what a great concept to have these little animal companions. And so like for kids, you can you can imagine them, but they also have like these deep backgrounds to them and where they've been. And they've seen some stuff. And- <laughs> <laughs> I have seen things. Yeah, <laughs> that describes them pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so are you working on book three then, I'm assuming? I'm revising it right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The deadline is next month. So <laughs> we're, in, we're in like major revision time. <laughs> yeah. And then do you have um, like for the end of this year, do you have like author visits planned and any kind of like book events coming up? I don't have any major book events coming up. I do have one school visit. Um, my health hasn't been super great this side of the year. I ha- I got mono oh. you know, just a couple months ago and I'm like, <laughs> so I'm really dragging and that's limited the amount of events and stuff I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have things lined up for next year. Um, and of course I'm working, I'm going to be using the the end of the year to work on a lot of cool projects that I have in mind. So I'm really excited for this. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And um do you do any work with theater I couldn't remember if you've done work with theater I actually was in theater in high school <laughs> okay yeah I was just thinking like the CC Rios the musical yeah. <laughs> bro I would love that actually <laughs> I, like, well the characters are so cool that like you could just see them even on the stage like the lion and the ocelot now the little yeah. So anyway, just yeah, like, honestly, I would be so down for that. Yeah, <laughs> like I love musicals. So, you know, like when, the one time I was in a musical, I wasn't that great at it because I always forget lyrics. You know, it's <laughs> like a major component of my personality, apparently. <laughs> but uh, I love musicals. So I do. <laughs> if too. anybody's interested, let me know. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> and I always ask people that come on the show, um, what advice do you have for future generations in general? It could be anyone who's looking to follow in your footsteps or just in general. Mm, that's a very good question. I think, I think that I would recommend, um, this is going to sound weird for a second, but I would recommend realism, adopting it and embracing it. Um, and I don't mean realism in like the way that people often pitch it, which is actually cynicism. <laughs> um, I would pitch it as realism is accepting that there is immense darkness and pain in the world um, and that people can be very terrible, uh, but at the same time, accepting hope and embracing that fully because people are capable of immense beauty um, and immense goodness, their potential for kindness and uh, goodness, righteousness is immense. Um, and every human being has immense value in just existing. Uh, so accepting that both of those things are true 
I think that we get closer to truth in our creative work when we address both of those things, when we don't try to excuse evil. And at the same time, we don't try to over alienate or, <clears throat> or over uh, demonize people either, uh, where you accept that they like the villain is the villain. You know, we're not excusing that, but that we understand how they got there. Um, or <laughs> that, that the hero is a good person. They are good, but they do mess up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they do have flaws. Like when you're, I think that we, we channel both a better quality um, in our day-to-day -day life, uh, as well as a, a better depth and breadth in our work when we can do that. So I guess that's a little philosophical. But... Yeah, that's fantastic advice that <laughs> I think people of all ages can learn from and um, put into their everyday train of thought. Yeah. So that is wonderful advice. And um, for anybody who's looking to pick up your books, I will post a link to your website here oh, afterwards. Oh. Uh, book two just came out. Uh, this is the C. Sirius um, series, soon to be trilogy. Yes. Woo! <laughs> and thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your wonderful work. I loved it. So oh, thank you so much for having me and for reading. I I really appreciate it and you know give me an opportunity to share about it. <laughs> well, thank you.